Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. On today's Sweat, Grit and Hustle, I am joined by the fabulous Lisa Betsworth. Now, Lisa's got an interesting history and I'm going to let her share that with you today. But the one bit that fascinates me about Lisa is in the industry she works in, she made a decision a little while ago to stay in that industry but disrupt the frig out of it. So she's done something amazing that is probably putting a few of the other people in her industry a little bit on the sidelines going, oh, what the frig's she doing? <laughs> so Lisa, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. So tell tell the listeners what it is you currently do, because I'm sure now they're wanting to know what industry yeah. are you in. <laughs> yeah, built it up. Um, okay, so uh, my business, Slice Solutions, we um, operate in the recruitment field predominantly, um, but recently as well, and it will probably all become clear as to why as we carry on chatting, we have implemented a virtual assistance side to the business as well. Um, a lot of people kind of look at that initially and go, really well well, it's very different the two and it's actually not um and again like I say no doubt we'll come on to it later when you sort of look at a business journey taking it from maybe you know your small one-man bands and they've got aspirations to grow the first port of call is to get that help where the VA side comes in and then you start looking at staffing up so the the two kind of work quite nicely hand in hand really yeah and your pricing's a little bit abnormal for the market absolutely yeah um obviously the high street you would go to the high street give them a um job description ask them to recruit on it and they will charge you a percentage fee um generally at the moment if you are super pally with your recruiter you might be lucky and get a 15 percent. now if you're looking at a 20 grand job say you're talking sort of three grand fee at the end of it for that person which smaller businesses just can't do Um, and that's where I really enjoy working with businesses that have got those growth aspirations and let's be honest they're the ones that need the most help you know the big boys that can afford the 3k fees can make a duff higher and it won't really affect them whereas you or I do it in our businesses it can cause some serious you know some serious headaches possibly even close your business down so I wanted to try and find a way that I could support those businesses and obviously still make money Um, and this is where I'm probably not quite liked in my industry so much. Um, it doesn't take us a great deal um, of time if you know what you're doing to recruit effectively. So the massive fees that the high street are charging, while I do understand the theory behind it, I worked in that area and that arena for many, many years. It doesn't have to be like that. So we've kind of created a way now where for about a third of the price that you would get on the high street you can get a much superior service a hand-holding service we can be there to interview we can be there to help shortlist rather than just the cv sifting that you see so often on the high street now yeah so your name actually does portray what you're doing with this market slice <laughs> solutions is definitely slicing a yep. different path in this Absolutely. industry so where did it start for you what 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 made you decide to go into business for yourself and why recruitment So I suppose I'll flip those questions. Recruitment, initially, I fell into. Um, I I do a lot of work in schools about educating employability skills and things like that. And I'm yet to meet that child that says, I want to be a recruiter when I grow up. Nobody ever does. Um, But yeah, long story short, I went for lunch with the friend who was in recruitment, got chatting to this lady on reception while I was waiting for her to finish her call, went to lunch, 
10 minutes after I left my friend to go back to the car, I got a phone call from her saying, are you busy this afternoon? I've got someone that wants to speak to you, which I thought was rather peculiar. Turns out the lady that was sat on reception wasn't the receptionist. She was the owner of the business, a lady called Margaret Haywood, who owned owned at the time A for Appointments that's still going now in Sheffield. Um, and yeah, she must have spotted something in me and just sort of said, have you ever thought about recruitment? I think you'd be great. And it all went from there, really. And Margaret is still, to this day, one of my mentors I suppose um and I look up to her massively she taught me everything I knew and she taught me everything I knew the right way you know today there's a lot of influx of technology that's come into the industry which is great when used in the right way but it will never replace the human touch and that was the way I was taught it was the traditional method it was actually physically speaking to people rather than relying on a piece of software to tell me this candidate's right for this job um so yeah so I'd been in recruitment for many many years done um internal done um call center done industrial done all sorts of different facets of recruitment and then um i was made redundant twice in the space of about 18 months the last time actually 48 hours before my wedding day yeah (laughs) absolutely hideous um and i just kind of i was at that stage i think where i thought right i've got a choice here i'm just about to get married i knew i wanted a family if I wanted to start again, I was either going to have to go back to running a recruitment desk, which I'd done, or put the family plans on hold to push through that sort of barrier and get into senior management, which I didn't really know if I was prepared to do. Um, And because we were getting married this day and age, everyone's already got their house and everything set up. So we had cash as a wedding present, if you like. So there was a pot of money sat there. I got quite a good severance in my last redundancy as well. So that money wasn't a major concern for a period of time. And I just thought, you know what? Now's the time to give it a go. And I gave myself six months and said, if I bill nothing in six months, then I'll start looking for a job. And yeah, it just kind of took off from there really. So how long ago was that? So that was in 2014, in November 2014. Um, Slice is actually my second business. So initially I set up Tyro, which was my initial business. Now, recruitment, no back to front, inside out, can do it with my eyes closed. I'd never run a business. Um, And I think I made all the rookie mistakes that everybody does when they set a business up. And I literally fell into the trap of just being another recruiter. There was nothing different about me. Um, I was fortunate because I'd got the relationships to fall back on, but I I wasn't bringing anything new to the table. Um, And I very quickly kind of fell out of love with what I was doing because I was competing with the big boys, but obviously didn't have the power behind me that they had. So it was tough. It was really tough. And then personal circumstances. Um, I fell pregnant not long after I set the business up, which wasn't in the business plan. Um, I then ended up being diagnosed with cancer. So had to go through six months of chemotherapy. So the whole process of that business was just littered with crisis after crisis, really, or bumps in the road, as it were. So a few bad decisions along the way, got involved with um, some organisations that it just didn't work. So in the summer of, I believe it would have been 2019, I thought, right, enough's enough. Um, And I was actually going to throw the towel in. I was coming out of recruitment. I'd had enough. Um, I didn't really stop when I had my daughter. I didn't fully stop when I was going through chemo. I'd never given myself that time to just pause. So I thought, right, now is the time. Um, But inevitably then I'd got clients that I'd worked with for goodness knows how long saying, well, if you're not doing anything, could you just... And I was like, yeah, yeah, well, I might as well do something just to keep the brain cells ticking over while I decide what I'm going to do next. 
and I'm still deciding. <laughs> we are nearly two, two years down the line, three years down the line. It was about, I think that was in the summer of 2019. And I think it was sort of Christmas time. One of my friends turned around and said, when are you actually going to admit that you're back in business? And actually this business is looking like it's far better than your first one ever was. Um, so yeah, contrary to what you be, you know, what coaches tell you all the time about set out with a plan, have an idea. I had none of that and it all just really happened organically. Um, but I've been lucky in the fact that the the desire was to do something different because I wasn't in a situation where I was feeling that I had to earn the money and I was pressured by it. I was very, very close to what I wanted to do and I stood close to that. So it was a case of actually, if that doesn't fit what I want to do, I'm comfortable saying no, which I never was before. Um, and be, I think because of that now, it's put me in a really strong position because people are now understanding what Slice is about, what they offer, why they're different. And they either like it or they don't. And if they don't and we're not for them, that's fine. And I can give you some names of some fantastic traditional recruiters out there. But nine times out of 10, people see the value in what we do. And then when you marry that up with the saving they can make, it feels like a bit of a no-brainer, really. Yeah, and there's there's something, I don't know what the right word is, whether it's refreshing or endearing, but when a when a business or an individual gets to a stage where they are doing something through choice rather than through fear of not having money coming in, that is just so brilliant. Yeah, and I think that was it. I think that was the power for me. I think with my first business... I'd set myself the deadline. Um, my husband at the time wasn't in a particularly greatly paid job. I was always the main breadwinner in the in the family. So that pressure was on me from day dot. Whereas because I had that cushion behind me um, and I'd made the conscious decision that actually I'm allowed to take this time. Look at everything I've just gone through. It's perfectly acceptable for me to go. I'm taking six months out. Financially, I knew that we were covered. It just meant that all the concerns went away and without even knowing it, I was carving something out that was true to what I wanted to do in the first place, armed that with the knowledge of the mistakes I'd made the first time around to know not to do that again. Yeah. Do you think some of that might have been due to the fact that, you know, you'd got a serious illness, you were going presumably through treatment for it and by the way, the fact that Lisa's here means that, yes, everything is okay. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, but do you think subconsciously some of what you did was through the fact that you'd had this life-changing news? Without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. It definitely makes you look at everything differently. I mean, if I look at my life now in comparison to what it was two years ago, it is completely different in every single way. Business, personal, everything has changed. So yeah, it does. Um, it makes you realise that the things that you probably used to lay, so the things that used to keep you awake at night, you kind of look at and think, it's really not that big a deal. Um, you know, there's, it's been hard. I'm not going to say I've sailed through it. Absolutely not. But I certainly, it could have been an awful lot worse than it was. But yeah, it gives you a different outlook without a shadow of a doubt. So let me ask you, because a funny thought's just come to my mind. <laughs> Do you ever feel the need to ask, does my bum look big in, big in this anymore? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. No, unfortunately, that side of me probably hasn't changed. <laughs> it's just one of those things, is it, as a female, there's that there's that comedy thing that a lot of people think yeah. that's all we ever ask and one wonders. No, I still won't go out and do the school run without my makeup on and things like that. So yeah, there's certain things that haven't changed. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> by the way, we're recording this at my house at the minute. Lisa's fully made up. <laughs> I, I've got not a stitch of makeup on. <laughs> she is putting me to shame. <laughs> anyway, so Slice is going really well. Absolutely. 
Um, where, what are your plans as in where do you want it to go next? Um, it's funny you should say that actually, because I actually had a strategy session with my coach yesterday, sort of looking at it. And again, that's something that I've always struggled with is kind of forecasting and looking at the future because recruitment particularly is so reactionary. So you can stay as close as you want to your clients, but they're never going to, well, very rarely are they going to sit there and say, well, these are our plans for the next 12 months so that we can actually plan it. Nine times out of 10, they come to you at the 11th hour and go, I need this and I need it yesterday today so it is tricky um but with the va side it's a little bit more stable i suppose plans going forward certainly in 2022 um there are plans to double the headcount within the business which will obviously then increase our capacity to take on more clients on both sides of the business the va and the recruitment side um we're quite settled where we are in terms of office but office space will have to sort of move into a bigger one um there are some plans without giving too much away because it really is in its infancy um there are some plans to do some more sort of strategic internal support with larger businesses so companies that may have that sort of repetitive need to recruit but possibly don't want to have or don't have an internal recruitment team so that we can actually parachute that in and be there sort of 24 7 on call for them we're going through a rebrand so that shall hopefully sort of launch early next year so yeah there's loads of quite exciting stuff on the horizon yeah it sounds like slices carving things up absolutely so if you know there's a there's a lot of people that think when when you've got an entrepreneur that all they want to do is go and grow a multi-million pound business and that is not for everybody no. so for you lisa as an individual is your business about growing something that sustains you and gives you enjoyment or are you wanting to go out there and build multi-branches all over the UK what's the desire behind Lisa that's a really tricky one um I am somebody that can never turn away from a challenge even to my detriment but I'm also very aware multi-branch while the money would be great and you know the success would be great the headaches would also be great. So at the moment, I'm quite happy with steady growth. Um, The business is very easily scalable, so there is no limit to what I can do with it. Um, But I'm a big believer, obviously, because of the industry that I'm in, I can only go as far as my team will let me. So I'm really fortunate in the fact that I have Rachel with me, who's kind of my number two. So there's plans for her to take on a little bit more of a managerial step next year and start taking the day-to-day stuff off me so I can focus on growth and strategic movement. Um, But again, she'll only be able to do so much. So then I'm going to need another Rachel to step in to help manage the rest of the team. So yeah, if the right people come along at the right time, Who knows? Right here, right now, am I sitting and saying to you in five years' time, I want six branches across Yorkshire and blah, 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 blah. No, but also don't be surprised if that does happen. Yeah. It's one of those never say nevers, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. But, you know, I I am a firm believer that multi-million pound, multi-businesses is not for everybody. Absolutely not. Um, So what's going on with Lisa outside of work right now? So, oh, crikey, um, all changed. So I've recently just moved to Sheffield, which the irony is I've worked in Sheffield my entire career and this is the first time I've actually lived in Sheffield. So that's quite nice. Uh, moved in with my new partner. Um, we are about to go on holiday. Um, I just had a rather sizable birthday, which we'll scoop over <laughs> quite quickly. Um, but that was lovely. Um, and yeah, so um, plans really just to sort of settle. I think... With everything I've been through, the world's been through in particular over the last 18 months, I'm personally really looking forward to a year of 
boring normality because yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that feels like however everybody always says to me even if you get the opportunity you'll throw something in there just to mix it up because I can't sit still um but yeah something that sort of like I say everything now seems to be feeling like it's settling and it's clicking into place and what um during covid did that impact slice at all um I was quite fortunate. So um, Slice was obviously in its infancy uh, when COVID started. So Slice will have been, would would have started in the August before COVID. Um, So fortunately at that point, I was still on my own. I didn't have any staff to worry about, but I'm I'm not going to lie. I feared the worst. We probably lost 80% of business overnight in March when we were put in the lockdown. The saving grace for me was that I did have some clients that were operating in the security in the construction field and they didn't really stop or certainly didn't stop as abruptly as everybody else did. Mm-hmm. So they kept me going. Um, and then when they did start to peter off, it was about the time that the commercial industries had sort of obviously started waking up again, thinking nobody knows how long this is going to go on for and we can't stop indefinitely. So we need to do something. Mm-hmm. So it petered. I mean, it's only now really that I'm getting back to the levels that we were at pre-COVID and there's three of us now. Um, but one, the one thing it did do, and I kind of again bloody mindedness I guess I was kind of sitting there thinking right well if I'm going out I'm going out swinging so a lot of my competitors and a lot of my friends have got their own businesses just batten down the hatches and said well we'll come back when it's time to play again I kind of used the time to consider what I really wanted for Slice I wrote process manuals I wrote all sorts of things with the idea that when I got to the point that people were coming in the business I wasn't going to have to sit and handhold them because everything was documented so I kind of used the time effectively I'd written ideas of what I could do some were absolutely ludicrous like multi-sites and things like that and then I'd written ideas of really tiny things that I could have completed the following day but I just kind of it gave me you you hear so many people in business going I just wish the world had stopped just for 24 hours well you've just had 18 months and the people that didn't utilize that time I just kind of want to shake my head at them and think they'll be the ones in sort of in six months time that'll go I just want it all to stop well we had that you know nobody was chances are we'll never see that again hopefully in our lifetime but we had that so while yes financially it impacted I'd be lying if I said it would it didn't I kind of wanted to pull it to my advantage and make the best opportunities that I could out of it in the hope that I would survive and come out the other side and touch wood so far it, it doesn't seem to have done me any harm yeah we're, we're sat at yeah. a glass and metal table <laughs> yeah. there is no wood I'll anywhere near <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny because when we went into covid it was one business was shut down straight away because of the industry it was in the, and the other was like, okay, well, now I can sit down, I can focus on this business, I can do the process, just like you. Yeah. I'll use the time to do the processes, I'm not going to stop working. No, crazy me decided to go and create another business in COVID. So, But you know what? I've seen some of the most amazing businesses spike up through COVID. Yeah. It's been unbelievable. And I think from a business perspective, you know, I, and I'm not... I'm not turning my head on the stuff that has gone. I have seen some fantastic businesses go through some absolutely horrific times and my heart does go out to those people. But I also think that there are a lot of people that kind of sat there and was like, nope, I refuse to let this be the sort of the defining moment of my demise and I'm just going to push on. And yeah, it, it worked for me. And I think personally as well with COVID, I had an awful lot going on. I mean, my marriage was breaking up and everything else. So it gave me 
it gave me something to focus on, I think, more than anything else. I think sometimes when unexpected things happen, um, marriages, illness, bad news, it, it either makes you or break you. And the the brilliant thing that always goes more through my mind is while some of the th- these things are really horrendous, yeah, some things that we get thrown at us in life, they do throw us. But at the end of the day, what you do about them is still a choice. I remember my dad and I having a conversation not long after I got diagnosed with cancer and he was just kind of like, where's your head at? How are you doing? And for eight weeks of the initial diagnosis, we didn't know what I was dealing with. We didn't even know if it was treatable. Um, So it was quite scary at that point. And I just kind of, yeah, it is what it is. We'll just wait. We're just going from one scan to one appointment, to one this, to one that, to one the other. And he was like, well, you seem really positive. And I was like, well, until somebody gives me a reason to think there is no hope. I've got to cling on to that. It's the only thing that's getting me out of bed in the morning. And I distinctly remember my dad saying to me, I might be wrong. And my dad is like the most unwoo-woo person in the world. You know, (laughs) I'm quite into spiritualism and very much into sort of affirmations and all of that, but he just isn't at all. So for him to come out with this, that's why I think I'll never forget it. But he turned around and said to me, in my mind, with things like this, you have to stay positive. If you allow your mind to go to that dark place, it's already beating you. And that stuck with me. And I think that's not just with illness, that's with anything. If you let your head go to that place where it's a case of, I'm not going to do well here, I'm not going to come out of this in a, in a good light, then the battle's already half won by the opposition. If you go in and go, okay, this is going to be tricky, it ain't going to be much fun, let's be honest, but if I grip my teeth, dig my heels in and push, might just come out of it unscathed. And I think that put me on the right foot with COVID as well. Yeah, a lot of it is is focusing, I believe, you focus on the present and what you can do. What you can affect. Because the stuff you cannot affect, you're just going to sit there worrying about it. But yeah, I'm a bit like you. It's a case of go to that dark place and you're almost giving in. I can't remember who said it now and it's a famous person. I can't remember. But if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you won't. You won't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my other half, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm making myself sound like an uber positive person. I am absolutely absolutely not and my other half it does his head in because he'll sit there and say you worry too much about the things you can't control which he is absolutely right I do and I take everybody else's problems on board but I think when your back's against the wall and it really matters there is something in your mind that switches and you go right actually grit your teeth dig down big girl pants on let's go yeah because I think sometimes we get to a stage where it's like damned if I do damned if I don't absolutely yeah I love it I'm a bit woo woo so (laughs) so you're in the recruitment space are you seeing anything in the space you're in that indicates where the working world is going is it growing is it diminishing it's completely different to any other year so historically by now we would start to be getting quiet and that would probably stay the same until March Um, we are coming off the back of three of the best months that the business has ever had. Um, And it's not showing much signs of slowing down. I think that the typical quiet Christmas that recruiters get at the moment, we're still waiting for that to kick in. (laughs) Um, And I have a meeting with the team every Wednesday and I've put the minutes through this morning, sorry, the agenda through this morning for what we're going to talk about. One of the girls went back and went, when's Christmas? (laughs) Because normally by now, you know, the things we're discussing is taking clients out for lunch and doing all the nice things around Christmas. And I'm a bit like, I'm not sure that's going to happen. We might just have to do one big thing for everybody. Um, So yeah, there is definitely movement out there. Um, I think that 
yeah, COVID's kind of knocked it back. So everything that we would have normally seen spread nicely throughout the year has been very much chucked into the back end. I mean, we've still got plenty of live jobs with people saying they would ideally like people starting before Christmas and we're what coming into the middle of November so like I say normally by now you start to see it slow down because employers are thinking oh there's no point bringing them in yeah, this close to Christmas afterwards. it's not yeah. stopping them this year isn't it crazy it's almost like why do you need Christmas this year you had 18 months last year well indeed yeah <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We're not suggesting we cancel <laughs> Christmas. Um, so for the benefit of guys out there that are either thinking of starting a business, just getting going, or maybe they're already growing, what advice can you give them about when, how, who, what in terms of staffing? So I suppose really in terms of when they're setting up, um, the best piece of advice I can give anybody is surround yourself with the right people. I've made that mistake and trusted the wrong people and paid dividends for it. Um, When it comes to growing, the first thing that we do with our clients is sort of get them to really stop. And it's very difficult when you're in your own business to see the wood from the trees. And the immediate knee jerk, and we get it all the time, clients phone up and say, right, I've been on my own for X, Y, Z, I now need to bring in an administrator. And that's as much as we get. And then when we start trying to drill down with them, okay, so what does that job role look like? It's not an administrator they need. It's a marketeer, or it's a bookkeeper, or it's someone to do finance admin, It, but everybody who's anybody uses administrator as that help and there are so many other ways that you can go in a business excuse me it's looking at whether or not your time is best served doing those jobs yourself whether you're better off bringing somebody in whether you're better off outsourcing it to a certain level there's a point that um, and this was why coming back to my initial point we set up the VA side of the business there is absolutely a place for outsourcing some of your work um, unless you're sort of looking around 16 plus hours it's very difficult to attract the right kind of talent into a business for anything less than two days a week really so at that point up until that point utilize a VA find somebody that you can trust that believes in your business that believes in you that will work alongside you because they and I'm not just saying it obviously because I have a team of them but they are worth their weight in gold I did it myself when I was setting the business up I had my own VA um, and I, I saw how much I was putting on to her until it came to a point where actually now there is enough work for me to bring somebody in and to do that on an employed basis so I suppose really stop and breathe before you do it And don't be rushed into it because that's where mistakes are made. And go with your gut. So even if somebody on paper isn't necessarily ticking all the boxes, but you've met that person and you think, I could really work with them, that is worth more than the skill set they've got. You can teach them how to do what you need them to do. But if they come to the table with a bad attitude, it's never going to work. So I'm very much a recruiter that recruits on personality as opposed to skill set. 99% 99% of the time. Yeah, and I'd agree with you there because I've always said that the values you have as a business, you want those values in the people that Absolutely. you're employing permanently. You can live without them in somebody that you're outsourcing to because it's a supplier-client yeah. relationship, but definitely if you're employing people, for me, you can teach them skills. You can't teach them how to have the same values as you. Absolutely, and this is why sort of our growth is somewhat up in the air there's no definitive dates on it because if the right person was to walk into my office tomorrow and they've got slice written all over them I'd find a place for them but likewise if in my head I need somebody in the summer I'm not going to go out and hire someone for the sake of filling that seat unless they're the right person yeah definitely um 
So, yeah, what about people wanting to recruit themselves? What are the benefits of using a recruitment company or somebody to help them instead of just going out there and doing a bit of DIY? Uh, Twofold. One, um, while I am perfectly capable of, let's think, I'm trying to use a decent example here, cleaning my house from top to bottom, it always looks a lot better when I've had a cleaner come in and do it. So same analogy, you know, yes, people can go out and recruit themselves, but you're probably going to get a better result if you let somebody that knows what they're doing do it. If you are doing it yourself and for whatever reason you've made that decision, then again, like I say, just be really careful. Um, A lot of people nowadays are using Indeed because it's free. Indeed has its place. It's a definitely a better tool than it was two years ago, thanks to COVID, because there's a lot more people now that are using it. But in terms of the quality of candidates that we've seen, they don't always come from Indeed, which is why we spread our advertising out across all sorts of different platforms. Um, And the cheaper ways to access these people aren't always the best ways to access them Um, and have those conversations. But you need to be clear in your head before you put pen to paper to write an advert before you start having a conversation with anybody exactly what it is that you want that person to do. Because if you're going, oh, well, I just need some help in the business. I need help to grow. Um, And yeah, I just need an extra pair of hands. That doesn't really tell anybody anything, does it? So be really clear about what you want that individual to do so that you've got measurables from day one, because then you can see whether that person's working for you. And if they're not, is it a training need that you need to address to bring them up to speed? Or if they're just not the right person and you've made a mistake, for the love of goodness, in the nicest possible sense, cut them dead as soon as you can, because I've made that mistake. I've carried someone way longer than I should have, and it nearly put my business under in my previous business um just because I so desperately wanted it to work because she was a lovely person but it wasn't going to work it didn't work and I should have been more sort of hard about that I think so it's tricky it is is tricky you know if everybody if it was easy everybody would be doing it but yeah it's hard but you kind of have to trust your gut yeah definitely there's an there's an element of gut in there they always say there's some intelligence in your gut Absolutely. it's not just in your brain yeah but yeah the other factor that always springs to mind for me is you know if you're out there selling your product or service you're going to put together your benefits why you're what what you have as a usp why people should use your stuff over anybody else's you know what guys when it comes to recruiting that's the same thing you you've got to sell your business the people out there looking to join it it's the same it's thing. a two-way street and yeah. i think sometimes employers forget that so they sit at interviews and almost sit there and go right impress me to a candidate and we've seen it time and time again the candidates come out and okay so how do you think that went yeah really good but i'm not interested really why not well i didn't get a good vibe from the business So that candidate's gone in and done what they needed to do. And then the client's on the phone to us an hour later going, loved them, want to hire them. And we have to go, they didn't feel the same about you. And I think, like I say, a lot of employers forget it is a two-way street and they have to, they're on show and they have to sell themselves just as much as a candidate does. Absolutely. And to me, in a job interview, there is two people interviewing. Absolutely. Always. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's not the two people sat from the board of the company. (laughs) One of them's the candidate you're looking at. So absolutely amazing, Lisa, as I knew it would be. I've got some quick fire questions for you as we finish. Dresses or shoes? Shoes. I don't know. I just, I have a shoe fetish, as my other (laughs) half will now say, because he's seen the volume of shoes that have moved into our house and keeps moving into our house. Uh, So yeah, definitely shoes. Okay, next one. Sports or spas? 
Oh, spas. Sports yeah. is too much like hard work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one, definitely. Now, if there was anywhere you could go in the world for one last time, so you get one last time to go somewhere in the world, where would it be and who would you go with? Wow, that's a tricky one. Um, okay, I would say I would like to go back to Bali and I think I'd want to take... I went to Bali as a kid with mum and dad, so I'd want to take my mum and dad back, but I'd also want to take my daughter with me this time because I was a complete culture vulture as a kid and I remember traipsing my parents around every temple that they had going and I loved it. Um, and those images have stuck with me and I'd love to think that I could do something like that for Mia, but I'd also want to take my parents back as a bit of a thank you, if you like to say, yeah. I don't, you know, that was just a holiday for them that they booked because we lived in Hong Kong. We had two weeks to kill before we came back to the UK and it was quick and it was easy, but there was something really magical about that holiday. Wow. Brilliant. And that intrigues me now. So Hong Kong, how was living in Hong Kong like? Oh, it was amazing. Um, I was only young. I was probably the same sort of age as my daughter. My dad was in the forces. So he served out there for just over two years. Um, yeah, fab. Finished school at lunchtime because of the heat. My childminder was the lifeguard of the local swimming pool. So five years old, finishing school straight in the pool every day. Your birthday parties were pool parties. It was just the best time. I wouldn't want to go back to Hong Kong now because obviously the rulership's changed. And a lot of people that have gone back have said it's so different. And I have such fantastic childhood memories growing up in Hong Kong that I, I kind of want to leave them intact. Um, but yeah absolutely awesome experience cool and you never know lisa's going on holiday but she doesn't know where she's going yet so who knows maybe it's bali <laughs> maybe <laughs> so one last question the one i always ask on our podcast um we are called sweat grit and hustle which resonates with you the most and why sweat grit or hustle grit and why is that um, I think anybody that steps into business, no matter what your challenges are, you, you kind of have to have that grit and determination. A lot of people will look at it and it's very easy with social media and just general sort of persona to make it look like everything's rosy and it's perfect. And it never is. You know, you scratch the surface and it's a disaster nine times out of ten. Um and you have to have a certain amount of grit to get your backside out of bed every morning and keep doing it, even on the days that you just feel like you want to do everything. But um, again, I remember a coach saying to me, it's absolutely fine to hit those points and to have a day wallowing, but don't ever unpack and stay there. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. You need to have that grit to go, okay, yeah, I'll succumb today, but tomorrow I'm getting up and I'm kicking its ass again. Yeah, that's what I call my pity party for one. Yes. Yeah. For one person, for one day, and then get on yeah, with it. Yeah, it's acceptable every now and again, but yeah. yeah, don't unpack and stay there. It's one of the hardest things. The, the greatest thing about working for myself is the fact I can choose. Correct. The hardest thing about working for myself is the fact that I can choose. choose. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I don't make the right choices, yeah. guys. We're, we're all human. Um, Lisa, absolutely brilliant. How can people reach out and connect with you? How do they get in touch with Slice and Lisa? We're very active on social. So Facebook, Slice Solutions or LinkedIn Slice Solutions or Lisa Betsworth on LinkedIn is probably going to be the easiest way. Or if they want to look at the website, it's www.slicesolutions.co.uk. Brilliant. And we will make sure they're all in the show notes for you. You have been listening in to a conversation with Lisa and myself. I will see you on the flip side. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming, 
on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.